You're listening to Get to Know World of Warships, a podcast created by Bogsy and Synpax. Hello, everybody. This is a very exciting day. Welcome back to Get to Know World of Warships. I'm once again joined by my, uh, I guess, I guess, intrepid co-host Borla. Good morning, Borla. How are you? Good morning, Bogsy. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I live in Los Angeles, where it never snows. So, uh, ha 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 ha. Uh, also, that being said, I'm very sorry if you and your family have experienced hardships because of this. Uh, the LA people always get teased about wildfires and not being prepared for it, so uh, let it snow. We we have a lot of snow, but yeah. where I'm at, we're prepared for it. Uh, unfortunately, I think there's some folks down south that are not quite used to that. When Texans start complaining about snow and weather, there's just this little smile that spreads across my face that my mother would be very ashamed of. Uh, because so. <laughs> Texans try to be tough about everything except an inch of snow. Oh, what do you guys got fires? Why don't you go in and clean out the underbrush? Huh? They always have very um, Texans always have very helpful suggestions whenever California decides to spontaneously combust. They always have very very helpful suggestions on how we could avoid that in the future. So. It's, it's weird they have Texas versions of all those big trucks and SUVs, but they can't take the Texan versions out in the snow. That's a shame, isn't it? Um, again, that being said, we're very sorry if you uh, have experienced hardship about it, because we actually have lots of friends in Texas and other southern states, and uh, we hope it, it uh, eases up on you guys soon. That being said, enough banter for us, because this is very exciting. We have, arguably, the face of Wargaming. I'm sure you've seen him before. He has a very disarming smile, and uh, hopefully that's not a trap. Uh, so please, everybody, say hello to Mr. Conway. Hello, Conway. Good morning, evening, afternoon. Um, hi. The, I just I just realized that you introduced me as having a disarming smile, um, and this is a podcast, so I'm 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 screwed, aren't I? <laughs> I? I've been heard if you smile while you speak, it comes across in your voice. I mean, that's true. It's it is true. It's the truth that it does, and not only that, but like I said off camera, you have a uh, camera off mic. You have a. You learned English with a British accent, which means that Americans will instantly be disposed, predisposed to enjoy whatever you say. It's just how it works. We may have rebelled a long time ago, but we still sort of look up to you as the big brother. So uh, that's just how it works. But you have very kindly come on to talk to us uh, specifically about yourself, but also about the more recent purchasing of King of the Sea by Wargaming, which is a huge deal, uh, and we're really grateful that you're coming on. So can we just begin by uh, letting the audience know who you are and what you do with Wargaming? Yes. So uh, my name is Luke, um, also known as Mr. Conway on the interwebs. Um, I'm community engagement lead uh, for World of Warships in Europe. Um, so that's a weird, weird title right there, a mouthful. Um, what that means basically is I... I do things like run tournaments. I used to run offline events uh, before COVID was a thing. Um, we try and, uh, you know, like engage a lot on uh, our live streams and kind of just try and provide like an entertaining atmosphere for our players. Of course. Yeah, that makes, I mean, and that's that's how that's how I know you, certainly. I know you from the World of Warships official live streams. I know you from casting, um, sorry, not casting, but oftentimes hosting things like King of the Sea. Um, and that's where I got to be familiar with you, and uh, I, I figured out pretty quick that you have a very large fan base of yeah. folks who just <laughs> just uh, love your antics and love what you do and love your your method of hosting. So, um, yeah, we 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 like to look. We like to have fun, right? We are also um, we're also gamers. We play and we enjoy playing the game and. I think if if you have kind of a very relaxed atmosphere on on your streams and the things that you do, then that 
comes across nicely and then you can have a nice time with the viewers and i think that's i don't know, that's my kind of my approach to to the whole thing right it makes perfect sense so before i uh set borla loose on you to talk cots i have one more question about uh i guess about you and what you do at warrant gaming which is um yeah i've had a lot of people oddly enough ask me sort of like how i got into doing this and it it always makes me feel as if they think i'm someone much more important than I really am. Um, but I sort of started explaining, you know, well, I just did this and I did this and I did this. So if you don't mind telling us how exactly one uh, comes to be the community engagement lead of Wargaming, what, uh, at least for, for Europe and World of Warships, you know, do you mind if we ask what you did before this? Absolutely. So look, my origin story, if you're going to call it that, is sure. uh, an interesting one because it all started out when I came back from, from just, just bumming around beaches in the world. And my uncle, of all people, and who's he's now like mid mid sixties, recommended I try this game called World of Tanks because he really enjoyed it. So I downloaded World of Tanks, played it on my laptop that didn't even meet uh, minimum specs. Enjoyed it, and there was a little pop up in the corner of the garage saying, "Hey, we're looking for staff um, in Paris." And I thought, like, "Oh, Paris sounds like an interesting city. I have nothing better to do. Might as well send an application." Um, so I did that and um, packed my bag literally my, my belongings and uh, moved to Paris and I started off uh, working customer support there. Um, working customer support is, you know, it, it takes a toll on you because it's, 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 you know, it can be a little bit, it can be a little bit harsh, um, especially when, you know, you have to deal with, uh, I don't know, you, you, you deal with a lot of negativity and there's a lot of uh, repetition. Um, but I got involved a little bit more in the community side on uh, offline events where I went to help out. And then transitioned into the community team and then kind of from there jumped across to world of warships when it became a thing and uh yeah then people liked what i did so now now i am what i am i mean at least you were in the beautiful city of paris and the nice uh french baguettes that you could get on we, every corner we were a fun story though um i absolutely hated it in paris like i cannot stand the place um, look, I have nothing against Parisians and the French people in general, but Paris is not a place I would ever recommend anyone to live. But thankfully, um, like a few years ago, two and a half years ago or something, we made a collective decision as the World of Warships team to move to Prague because we had a, a wargaming office there. And so our whole uh, publishing team of the World of Warships just um, up and left on a Thursday. And uh, Monday, everybody was back at the office in Prague. And huh. now now we live here and it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's um, like a really, really beautiful city. Unfortunately, we had the snow just last week, and it's all melting away now. So we're, we're going to be left with the gray sogginess for the next few days. Well, so you mentioned you mentioned Paris specifically, and I just have to digress here for a second, because you mentioned that you really didn't like Paris. And I was a little surprised, but at the same time, that was the feeling that I had when I was in Paris in maybe 2007. What, what was it about Paris that you didn't care for? Look, don't get me wrong. There are some really, really redeeming aspects about the city. Um, it's beautiful. There's a lot of history, a lot of uh, cool things to look at. The food is fantastic. Like the baguette uh, will get you fat, but 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 they'll they'll make you happy. But it's 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 not a very livable city. It's extremely expensive. It's overcrowded. It's dirty. Um, you know, like apart from terrorism and crime and all the other issues that the city has, it's I think it's just too big for its own good. So I'd recommend it for for a visit, um, but I wouldn't recommend it as a place to live. That's interesting. I. You mentioned overcrowded. I was there in 2007, about, um, I think, May of 2007. And one of the things that I no noted when I was walking around was it felt completely empty to me. And maybe I was in the wrong place, but the whole the whole inner part of the city felt empty. There were these 
just rows upon rows of four to five story buildings that came right up to the sidewalk. So it just felt like you're walking down this giant hallway and there was nobody there. It felt lifeless and and sad and dark to me. What what, what month were you there? It was May. Was so it, it was August? right before summer. May. Okay. Then I don't know. I mean, historically in August, um, they, they kind of just fold up the sidewalks and everybody leaves Paris to go oh. away. Uh, just go to the south of France and Spain. Yeah. Like, like it's, I'm not even kidding, like half the businesses in the city just, just close and everybody wow. goes away. Um, but uh, usually it, that's not the experience I had. And, you know, like things like price of apartments are really rough. And in general, like I, I wouldn't recommend it for people to live. Prague, on the other hand, fantastic. Fantastic. I, I, yeah, I've had some friends that lived in Prague and really loved it. I've, I've been to Paris and I liked visiting like you said, but I yeah. have not been to Prague, but it's on my list. But as, as interesting as all of this is, I think the reason we had you <laughs> specifically was uh, not to discuss wonderful European cities to visit on vacation once COVID is over, but to talk a little bit about the game, specifically COTS, as Bogsy mentioned. And we had an episode a while back where we talked about the Verizon tourney. And one of the things that I brought up on that episode is that I expected Wargaming to get much more involved in those types of tournaments. And and I I didn't prognosticate that COTS specifically would be picked up, but that made sense to me that you guys did that. So we're kind of we'd kind of like to learn more about how long Wargaming's been interested in getting COTS. How you know were there previous attempts to get it? What drove your decision? Was it tied to the success that you saw? You know, well over fifty thousand viewers at one time for the Verizon tourney. If you could speak to some of those things, I think we'd be very interested. Sure. Do you want to formulate that into a question or do you want me to just um, like, like well, start so, rambling? I don't mind either way. How long has Wargaming wanted to acquire COTS and is there any previous history attempts of trying to acquire COTS? Okay, so look, this is this has been more of a recent thing. Um, specifically, when when we were talking of Verizon, because we had some other partnerships, I'm sure you've seen like the Verizon offer that customers can get for all of warships. Yeah, um, they they um, highlighted the possibility and the the interest in, in kind of sponsoring um, like a competitive tournament, and we thought this is a fantastic idea. Why not? Because I, World of Warships competitive has never been something that we've been pushing as as like a like a selling point for World of Warships. It's something that we, as a company, uh, tried with World of Tanks back in the day. You know, there was a, quite a big World of Tanks uh, kind of esports um, system in place, but it didn't really work as well. And in my opinion, that's because if, for, for an esport to work well, it needs to kind of come from the ground up and be um, like a grassroots thing, like COTS was, right? COTS started um, like years and years and years ago when the organizers approached me and said, hey, we'd like to do a tournament would you be able to support us? And I said, like, yeah, like, let's let's try. Um, but this this came up as an opportunity. And initially, we were thinking about um, doing uh, this sponsorship, not for a separate tournament, but for King of the Sea. Um, but we couldn't come come to an agreement with the organizers because if they, you know, you have to imagine, right? If if somebody says like, "Hey, there's uh, thirty thousand dollars to win now," then there are a lot of uh, like legal aspects you have to worry about. Um, things like like the responsibility of not paying out the money and uh, taking care of the the rules and like what happens if somebody cheats or if there's like an, an issue. So there's a, a lot of lot of things that come with this, and um, the organizers uh, globally, not just in Europe. Uh, were uh, reluctant to do this so we decided um, to roll this into a separate tournament 
But going forward, we want to be able to do something like this for King of the Sea as well. I mean, King of the Sea is is the primary, like, um, the, 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 it's the biggest tournament for World of Warships because it's grown organically into this. And if in future we have opportunities like this, we want to be able to take them, not because it brings us like a gigantic benefit, but it's good for the community, it's good for the tournament, it's great for the players, and it makes it, it a lot more exciting. And this doesn't mean that we're going to turn World of Warships into like an eSport in, in brackets, if you, if you know what I mean. Of course, yeah. We, actually, when I talked to Sub a few months ago, he, he one of the most useful things he said was specifically, look, we, just, we don't see World of Warships as being an eSports game, so we're never going to take it in that direction. And while we value the feedback that comes back from the competitive teams, it has to stay within the realm of, you know, the feedback has to stay within the realm of what will this do to the primary game mode, which seems to be randoms. Um, and uh, that, at least to me, was like, oh, I can take that understanding and apply that to just about any grievance I have and go, well, that's why, you know, that at least is helpful to understand. So um, I I'm curious to know, like, how much of this decision was tied to the success of the Verizon tourney um, and also sort of are, do we think we're going to see future COTS um, uh, future COTS seasons be sponsored as well? Is that an option or is that sort of, hey, that was an awesome time? An awesome thing that happened, but we don't expect it in the future. So, look, I would definitely appreciate if we could uh, get some sponsorship for future cots. It's something that we're working on, but it's it's not as though there's you know like we're we're going to have like a line of sponsors around the corner um, knocking on our door, wanting to take over the tournament. So we'll have to see if we can find someone that's interested, um, if if we kind of match and if we can align on expectations. But I would very much like this because for me, COTS is, is it's, it's the tournament that has gotten the most support from us as well. Yeah. Uh, we've got in-game content. We have always done a lot of promotion. We've done all the prizing. And so we would like to be able to evolve this going forward if there's an opportunity for it. Um, and either way, this um, I, I just want to also clarify like sure. the fact that we took over King of the Sea now doesn't mean that King of the Sea is going to really drastically change in the way that it's run. It's still going to be a community tournament. There is still going to be a lot of community involvement in organizing and running it, um, not just because of the need of manpower, because I think this is is it's one of the nice aspects of this tournament. That is the, something that we do together with the community um, and for the community. And uh, I also love how many streamers have been getting involved. I think we've been over over like 50 or 60 streamers for the last iteration that were involved in broadcasting at some stage. And this is something that I would like to expand on to, for the community to sort of come together for COTS. Yeah, it's a it's speaking as someone who does cast during COTS and enjoys it immensely. It's it's a really wonderful opportunity for somebody who's you know maybe a, a streamer trying to make a name for themselves or a content creator or what have you. It's a really incredible opportunity to sort of apply yourself towards something and then see something immediately come out of it, see some benefit come out. So it's a great opportunity uh, afforded to community members who want to take a step and do something new. Um, so before we get off the Verizon tourney real quick, I want to know if, if, if there was anything specific you guys learned from the Verizon tourney's, uh, tourney's success. Because, uh, you know, like Borla said, 52,000 people watching at one point blew everyone away. Th that's true, although I have to, like, um, have to dampen your enthusiasm slightly because obviously this wasn't 52 people, uh, 2,000 people organically watching. That's something I would love to be able to say. Really? Uh, but obviously there was Twitch featuring involved in this. Um, so we were on the Twitch front page uh, for, for a significant time oh, during wow. that tournament, which is why the um, numbers got so big. 
um, another benefit to, to doing something like like sponsorship and partnerships with uh, Twitch and other companies is that you can get that kind of exposure. Um, but in general, we were very happy with the outcome of the Verizon tournament. I think Verizon was happy. Um, players were happy. It was uh, fun to cast, fun to watch. And uh, I'm sure that the players who walked away with some cash prizes are also quite happy. So in general, I, I really appreciated um, doing it. The big difference to COTS, in my opinion, came from the way the qualification worked and that the qualification was done in-game. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a cool opportunity, um, but also not something that I would like to actually push for King of the Sea. Oh, okay. And just a little background, uh, Conway. On, I run the Killsteel group in North America. We have uh, three clans, and we participate in COTS. And have we ran three teams last time. We've had a team in the top eight NA the last three cots in a row, and we've had you know other teams that finish in the top 16 or 24. So we're pretty involved, and we have 50, 60, 70 guys in our group often involved in our cots efforts. So there's a lot of interest, a lot of people who enjoy that tournament. And one of the things that I noticed you guys did right away was come out and state some things that were going to happen and not going to happen around people being concerned about CVs, rule changes, ban ships. And, and it seemed that you guys were very clear you wanted to keep things very much like they were, but you did make one reasonably significant change in saying that you were going to implement the banned ship process that NA has used. And I know the NA guys like that, the EU guys tend not to like that. Could you speak to the reasoning behind wanting to have the banned ships as part of the rules? Sure. I, I mean, let me quickly touch on, on the other aspects, right? Like we, I, I know there was this initial outcry and there was like uh, some tweets, there's people saying like, oh my God, Wargaming bought COTS so they can implement CVs. And the, <laughs> like we have, there's, there's no benefit for us to do this, right? Um, for me, COTS needs to be playable, needs to be fun to play and needs to be fun to watch. And as long as um, including CVs don't increase the, the fun playing and the fun watching, I don't see any need to do that. The format as it is is uh, quite tried and tested and works well. As to ship banning, we, I mean, I liked what I saw um, in the past um, NA COTS, um, what kind of the, the lineups it resulted in. And I also really enjoyed um, having it happen in the, the Verizon tournament. I know it's a, a kind of a contentious point right now, um, especially because the EU community was, I think the majority of the EU community in COTS at least was against chip banning in the past for a variety of reasons, which I, I can respect and understand, but I would like to try it once on a global scale um, for everybody to have the same rule set going forward anyway on, on, in each tournament, but I would like everybody to try out of the ship banning system once. I think it makes watching it a little bit more interesting because you do see a, a wider variety of uh, ship lineups, even if those ship lineups might not be the ideal ones for each specific strategy and map, it does um, force a bit of variety in it. And I think it, it adds like another aspect of um, of, of metagaming to the, the whole process of, um, of, of COTS. And I, I appreciate that. And I think from a watcher's perspective, for sure, um, it's an improvement. Yeah, we, we enjoy the ship bans and think it adds to the variety. I do know some of the clans feel like, hey, we spent all this time practicing this particular comp and we want to play that comp and the ship bans can throw it on the head. But I appreciate you digging into that. Yeah, I, look, I, I also heard people say, 
that um, it, it, it reduces the, the kind of viewing experience if you have ship bands because clans don't play as perfectly as they usually would. But I think from a viewer perspective, that's something that's very, very hard to see in, in most cases anyway. And I think what viewers want to see is an exciting game with lots of action and a bit of upset here and there. And, and this is something that contributes to that. It's going to make it harder for sure for teams to prep um, for, for cards. And you do need to consider that what happens if, you know, like one or two of my linchpin ships in a setup are banned. And you kind of need to think about what my fallback is for this. But I think that's something that everybody can do um, with the time that we have. I mean, it's, it's still uh, more than two months before the tournament. And uh, I hope that we can finalize the rule set and, and let everybody know soon. But if in if this doesn't go well, like if, if everybody after this says, hey, we hated ship bans, then I think it's definitely a rule that we can and can and should uh, revisit. Yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. I, uh, I, I Speaking as, as someone who did cast a number of the last, uh, of, of, I guess the final games of the last COTS, what I can say is that um, the, in terms of viewer, like viewer enjoyment, the fact that the ship bans result in multiple teams having to bring multiple strats to the table ahead of time in anticipation of having a few obvious ships banned causes folks to be much more flexible. They have to put in more work. They have to be prepared to not only implement multiple strategies, but also to deal with multiple strategies. Um, you know, from the games that I cast... Uh, and the, the stuff that I watched, what it meant was they may not play perfectly as if they had honed one or two specific ship lineups, but they tend to take more risks and they tend to take, you know, they tend to be a little more forward thinking because they have to be. And at least in the higher level of gameplay, in my experience, that resulted in very exciting moments and sort of, I don't know what they're going to do here. Let's see who pulls the trigger first and takes a risk. Yeah, I think it's entertaining for the viewer not to have the exact same lineups or almost same lineups facing each other all the time. And the ship bands make it so you can't do that. As much fun as two Thunderers and, you know, five Petra Pavlovsks <laughs> is to see over and over and over again. It's fun when someone goes, well, you can't have those ships anymore. You know, hopefully you're still good at this game without those ships. Um, that, that's, that's true. Um, yeah. And, and th actually, interestingly, Thunderers um, are not going to be allowed at all. Uh, this tournament because they are um, of course no longer available for purchase. Yeah. So they're they're joining the list of, of, of ships banding cots, um, which I think is 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 I think it's a good rule and I think it also uh, like like leads to the meta kind of evolving uh, more because you can't can't always rely on those um, old oldies but goodies. Yeah. Does that is that something that's gonna um, do you do you folks have a, a plan any sort of plan on um, you know. This, this ship will be banned for six months or a year or what have you. I know that was in the questionnaire, I think, uh, in terms of how long should something... Oh, that was in re reference to new ships, like the new, like the Italian line and whatnot. Yes, so we, we launched a survey um, just to check what the community's current feeling was on some of the rules. Among that was the fact that, um, you know, like ships that have been removed for sale, they, should they be removed or not? And I, I think they should be. I think as as unlikely as it is, that uh, a team full of new players is going to make it through to COTS. I really want people to be on the same footing, and I don't want there to be a situation where one clan has access to, to the ship uh, because they are, they're all veterans and another clan doesn't. Now, right. for like right now, I don't think there's going to be a clan that won't have, for example, a Thunderer, but in future there might be. And I think it's it's a good rule to, to, keep, um, to keep in. And like I said, it keeps the meta changing a little bit. Um, in in other other restrictions, I think um, 
for research bureauships, there's a cooldown of six months after introduction before they can be fielded, just because it can take quite a lot of time to get a, a research bureaueship, right? They're supposed to be long-term goals. There's a lot of uh, work involved in getting one, and we don't want to have to force people to, you know, like like nonstop play for two weeks before COTS to get that ship unlocked. Um, that That's new. So they'll be out for six months. And as for regular tech tree ships, um, they'll be banned for one month of full release. So not early access, but like one month that they're fully available at tech tree. And then after that, they, they can be fielded. I see. I, I don't actually have the, uh, I don't have the timetable in front of me. I should have looked this up, but do either of you know, does that mean that technically the Italian battleship line will be... Uh, no, it won't. So it will be no, available Italian, in or not available no, it, in it, No, no, it won't. Uh, the it won't Italian be. battleship uh, battleship uh, line is going to be in early access for a while. So I think the earliest it could be fielded in COTS will, it will be 0, 10, 4, or 5. Okay. that's Because that would be interesting. Yeah. I actually oh. I was doing the math in my head and I thought, well, is it going to be available to be used like right in the middle no. of COTS? Or? <laughs> no, but... but and and you know if a ship becomes available in the middle it'll still be out it has to be available right. from the beginning to the end so so nothing nothing much um, should change sure i also like i i feel i need to clarify as well right i, I don't want to come across as, as like the person or us as a wargaming coming in and now like dictating all these rules that are going to change like we we do want to work with the community on those and the uh, like past um, adjudicators and organizers are all still very much of the uh, part of this process right now i feel like I, I, I need to push a little bit for the, the ship banning to get people to try it once, to be able to like give me proper qualified feedback whether or not they liked it. Um, but apart from that, I think the rules are going to be pretty much the same. So can, can I ask a question then on giving feedback? So I thought the survey was good. Two, kind of two-part question. One, do you ever expect results of surveys like that to be openly published and then kind of a follow-up to that would be if if I had something that I thought was a really solid idea and was willing to spell it out in detail or a clan did or a group of players what's the best way to communicate that and actually get some attention to it assuming something that is you know not unreasonable but something that is fits all of the things wargaming needs for you know a clan battle suggestion or a cot suggestion or something like that um, as I, first of all, to, to the results of the survey, they I've already shared them with uh, the organizers. I'll I'll try and compile like a kind of like publicly accessible version um, in the next few days. But honestly, the it's it, there's nothing much surprising um, in the survey. Um, I wanted some validation on on whether or not uh, changes to some rules were wanted, like the cooldown rules and etc. Um, or in, you know, like I asked the CB question just to get a, a feel of the current mood. Um, but mainly I was interested in, in like getting some, some additional feedback on just some things that people appreciate about COTS that they don't like about COTS and what they kind of like for prizing and to just get kind of a bit of a demographic of the audience um, that's involved in, in, in COTS. So I, I don't think it's going to be particularly exciting or surprising, the results, but uh, I'm most likely going to share them anyway. Very nice. So um, I, I found that I forgot the second part of that question. Actually, <laughs> yeah. So I'll just kind of tell a short story. Like about a year and a half ago, when clan battles started having, you know, after the CV rework, and there was a lot of contention over where the CV should or shouldn't be in, I put together a list of suggestions that I thought were reasonable and sent it to a couple of the community people in NA. Uh, 
I basically got confirmation they saw it and some of the things, and I don't think I was the only one that came up with some of the ideas, but some of the things were implemented pretty quickly in some of the future seasons and maybe they were already on Wargaming's radar. Maybe somebody saw it and maybe multiple people, you know, submitted things. But if somebody had a well thought out plan for, hey, this is maybe where we could strike a balance. Is there any way for an individual or a clan or a group of players to say, hey, we think this is really reasonable. Will, will you at least look at this? So it depends a little bit what kind of um, feature or like aspect we're talking about. If we're talking about something like COTS, then absolutely, um, after after every COTS, there's a, there will be an opportunity to give feedback specifically on on the rule set on on that tournament, and we will like I will make sure to check that feedback. And if I find something that's that I think is is worth um, bringing up or implementing, then I'll work on that. Um, as to our regular kind of features and, and update releases that come out, I can really only encourage everybody to head um, to the forums. This is, in my opinion, the best way. Um, there will be feedback threads created by us specifically for, for topics and to leave feedback there. Like we have um, quite a lot of community managers that spend a non insignificant amount of time um, going through, reading, compiling and, and kind of kind of editing that feedback to present to devs. Um, but, you know, like if, if I can just look at it from my perspective, if I see a really outstanding point of feedback, um, something that I just think like, hey, this is a fantastic idea. We should do this. I, you know, I will ping it to the dev team. They'll ping it around internally and they'll have a look at it. Right. Doesn't mean it's going to get implemented, but at least it means it's going to get looked at and possibly discussed. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I can really recommend leave 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 feedback in, in, in the feedback threads um, after updates and for specific features. Very good. Well, that's good to know. I mean, everybody. I, I think it's a it's a it's an axiom of the internet that nobody listens to feedback. So it's always really nice to hear specifically. This is yeah, how it, we it, listen to feedback, and this is the best way you can get it to us. It's it's yeah. It, it's it's hard to often take a, like a specific point of feedback um, and then point at like, hey, um, down the line, this is a feature that's changed in this way because of this feedback. Yeah. Part of that has also to do with how our development works, um, because we, right, like right now, we are living in a 0.10.0 on live server, right? 0.10.1 is almost around the corner, which means that the devs have already actually finished working pretty much on 0.10.1, um, apart from like the last bit of QA, and are concentrating on um, like polishing 0.10.2 for release, while can, can, at the same time working on 0.10.3 and 4 and maybe some features that might only come in 5 and 6. So there's like, it's, 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 it's quite a, because we have such a, such a um, high cadence of updates, there's a lot of work that's done on updates in the future. So if we have something new that we want to implement, we can't necessarily now say, hey, we have an update uh, in due in three days. Let's just roll it into that. <laughs> right. That's not how it works, right? <laughs> it needs to go... I mean, theoretically, it may be possible, but uh, the potential for breaking everything is, is, is very big. Certainly. So it, 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 it takes a bit of time, right? Another good example is the current um, captain skill rework. Yes. And um, just the fact that, we, yes, we got a lot of feedback for the captain skill. We got a lot of feedback for Deadeye. But it's such a massive update that uh, touched so many parts of the game and touched the, the meta in so many ways that it really takes a while to analyze and to have a look at the, at the data. We know what the feedback is. That's not the issue, right? right? But now we need to have a look at what's the impact and how do things, um, you know, how are things affected in game? Which ships does it affect? How, uh, who, who, how, many, how, how many people pick each skill? 
Um, so we have to compile this and kind of work on just an internal uh, analysis of, 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 of the balance before we can make a change based on this and based on the feedback that, that we've got um, to, to decide what, what, what are we going to change right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard that we can't just say like, hey, um, you know, like, People on the forum say dead eye is crap. Let's remove it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not crap. I mean, the, the skill as a concept is not crap. And, and Borla and I have talked about this ad nauseum, and we won't, you know, bore the audience or you with our our little opinions on it. But I mean, the idea of having a skill that makes a battleship more accurate is is not a bad skill in general. Um, it, you know, yeah, yeah I, it, I, I I agree with this concept. I personally, if you want to hear my opinion, I'd like the skill to be active. Um, when the battleship is in a contested cap. That's my oh! kind of battleship. Nice, <laughs> nice. Amazing. I think we just got but, the cherry on top of this interview right there. Is we know what break, Conway breaking wants from news, Deadeye. Breaking news. Yeah. Deadeye is being updated to only activate in <laughs> no. a cap. Please, 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 please don't put that information out there. We but that's not. what I look, I look, that's the kind of battleship player I am. I like to push W and I like to push people, people's faces. Uh, but I, I know this is not uh, workable for most battleships and uh, most battleship players as well. Well, but you know, the, the Deadeye did something it had a lot of negative effects sure but it had some extraordinarily positive ones too and i would argue that frankly battleships became much more dangerous with with something that allows good aim to be rewarded like if you if you are good at placing your shots uh i'll, I'll just name drop him right now we have a, a a very nice german man in my clan named righteous fury who i don't know how he lands his shots the way he does but he just does he's just good at aiming and the, he's rewarded with deadeye because the shots go where he tells them to go so yes. if it suddenly battleships that had bad sigma or bad dispersion they get a major buff to how they're able to be played so uh like for example yeah, I, I, I like the gross occur like first can now be played as a sniper and it's not even a joke it's pretty good it plays like a montana with uh, I think I think was it Doyle Borla who said it plays like a Montana with better ballistics now and better armor, and it's it's suddenly you go oh my god I had no idea this could be played this way which is exciting for a player to get a hold on and then take it out into game and go well I want to try this myself. Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, and there is that aspect of course, but then there's also the the drawback aspect of like um, how does it affect the cruisers now, right? That uh, if they show broadside at twenty kilometers, they can expect someone to to take that shot. Um, it, it's it's something that we're looking looking at very very closely right now, and I hope that we're going to have um, like some some concrete updates um, and some results um, coming coming for that soon. But uh, just as an example of you know like how 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 long it takes for the the feedback to kind of get processed in our our cycle of development and it's it's it can be a bit uh, frustrating I think from a player perspective um, even from a community manager perspective because you know like we're <laughs> the ones in the trenches. Um, in brackets, right? You're the lightning rod. Yeah. Talking, you're talking to the players about this, and uh, we, I would love to be able to go and it's like, oh yeah, you well, you complained about this. Like, here's the change, but it, it's just not how it works. And um, there's there's always this big, um, you know, like we, we balance uh, based on spreadsheets meme going around, and to a certain extent, that's also a good thing because we 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 have such detailed data. On so many aspects of the game that we can we can we can look at it and we can say like hey this is an issue or this is not an issue and then we can kind of use that to, to validate or invalidate feedback that we get so yeah it's a process well we appreciate you being you know as open as you are about it just because sometimes I think a lot of players feel as though the the giant monolithic you know face of of a game company is one of you know 
Uh, what's what's the what's the game spreadsheet says it's fine, comrade. <laughs> that's the yeah. that's the meme, exactly. of course. Yeah. And uh, yes, uh, but you know, but there are really situations where spreadsheet does say it's fine, and that that is and that's something that. Um, see, sorry, one second, child dog. Sure, no problem. <laughs> How's your dog, Borla? Oh, he he loves the snow. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> seen like like. Scarface, when Tony's got his face in the pile of <laughs> that's that's my dog with snow in yeah. the pile of drugs. That's your dog. Yeah, he come he. he uh, it was zero <laughs> degrees out the other day, and he wanted out, and uh-huh. he's out there for fifteen twenty minutes, doesn't come back in, and so I go check on him, and he had we have like 10, 12 inches of snow on the ground. He had dug down, found a femur bone from a cow because oh that's my god, what, that's what a hundred and seventy pound puppy will chew on. Right, he had found it, and he was laying stomach down completely sprawled out in the snow just gnawing on the bone happy as can be your dog weighs more than i do borla and wow. he's not quite 10 months old just wow have okay. a kid already for christ's sake god <laughs> i love anyway. i love big dog though anyway yeah. um look i i just i i think that's probably gonna turn be turned into a meme anyway so probably best best skip this line line of uh, reasoning but i was right. just gonna point out that sometimes um, we do get feedback um, on on something, and then we can we look at our data and we just see like, yes, this is what you think is happening, but actually, actually it isn't. Um, here's, so, here's, yeah. here's a question on that with the data, and so one of the things Bogsy and I have talked about certain skills, especially the skills that cost a lot of points, three or four points, like Dead Eye, pretty much it feels like almost everyone is taking it. And then there's other skills that it feels like almost no one is taking. Is that something Wargaming will look at as feedback and say, hey, if these skills are always being taken, maybe they're a little too strong or yeah, they don't cost ab- enough. And if, if they're not taken, maybe they should be cheaper or buffed. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the points that, that we're looking at. It's not just the impact of those skills, but also like how, how many people, like what percentage of the people playing this kind of ship or this kind of class um, are, are taking the skill, and if it's, I, I agree. If it's, if it's like, if, if like ninety percent of all players pick one skill, then um, it's, it's, it, it becomes not, not really a choice anymore, right? But it's just something that you have to have to be competitive. And the whole point of um, the captain skill rework um, was to try and get, get, you know, like give people the ability to have more choices and have more variety. Not have one standard build for the ship, but have maybe a couple that could work. Yeah, just have have options, right? Like if you if you want to build it differently because you want to emphasize a specific aspect of your ship, or more survivable, more accurate, or something, it should be a choice. Um, but th- like I said, this is something that um, we are um, we're very much awaiting the internal report on this, and then then um, decisions will be made on on what and if it's going to get changed. Yeah. Well, so there you've answered all of our questions about cots i think to a greater degree than either borla and i were expecting so um thank you for doing that uh i know you have a couple kids that uh you're you're wrangling while you chat with us so we won't keep you for too much longer um i think there are a few more questions we'd like to ask real quick um specifically i don't know how much you're able to let us know about the next season of clan battles but it's very intriguing to us that wargaming has agreed to essentially run a uh like i guess like an ever changing possibility of ship bans or ship limitations, which I think sort of pricked up everybody's ears in the com- competitive community. Um, so can I ask you if you guys are leaning one way or the other regarding uh, ship limitations, outright ship bans? Um, you know, do you have a can you tell us if one of those seems more appealing to you guys now? 
so right now, uh, right, we've we've implemented the system, and um, I think the plan is is we, we like there's no like preset from our side of we we know when the season starts we want to ban this or this ship. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's going to be kind of evolving, and we're going to keep looking at um, what kind of uh, setups are people picking, um, which ships are the most popular, and then we may just say like, hey, this uh, ship that's most popular, like. Play without it for a week or something. Sure. So it's just it's just gonna it's just gonna mix up the matter a little bit. And I, like I said, I don't have a concrete plan um, or access to a concrete plan on on what's uh, going to be changed yet. And I think it's mostly going to just be in reaction to what the community does and how the meta evolves over the season. So it's a it's a bit of an experiment for us, but I think it's going to be fun. And I think it's going to um, really, really like push people to, to try different setups and and, and and pick different strategies throughout the season, which is something that I, I like because I, so, I, I feel it keeps it interesting. So to clarify, it sounds like those ship limits or bans are not going to be determined until the season progresses. And and, and I also, I, so are different <laughs> servers going to have different bans if metas are different? Oh, that's a really good question that I absolutely have no answer to right now. <laughs> um, that's okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we can, but I'm not. Don't think we will. Um, maybe if the the meta on one cluster is very very different to one on another, um, then then we may be uh, right. looking at something like this. Well, with cross server like clan battles, be... that would be yeah. With cross server uh, clan sure, battles, sure, we do have. We have cross-server clan battles, so you've answered your own question, so we can't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair okay. enough. No, that's fair. Um, Borla, is there anything else you'd like to ask before I get to my last maybe two questions, real quick questions? I would like to you know, thank Conway for his time and, and being open on some of these things. I guess one other question on the skill rework, going back to that. The different skills for each class are a nice change. I think if some of them get balanced, it could be it could be really great. With cruisers, though... The change of fire times for super cruisers and the fact that we have quite a few cute cruisers that are AP only in the British line kind of handicaps those skills. Would there be any thought to changing the fire time on super cruisers back to a normal time and or having some different skills for those uh, that can't make use of the HE improvements? I don't have an answer to, uh, to that yet. It, like. Like I said, any changes to the skill system are currently awaiting our our balance report, um, and it, it I know it impacted uh, super cruisers because of the the reduced you you can't have fire prevention anymore, but you burn longer. Right. Um, but part of that is now going to be looking at hey, did that actually affect the performance of super cruisers, and by how much, and do we need to change something? Do we need to make an adjustment to the fire fire um, you know like duration or something but that's i i that's i, I can't can't uh, say anything to the results of that yet like i said we're waiting for the report right now and as soon as that's done um we're going to work on on, on um, figuring out what needs to get changed yeah no that's fair well um the first the first question i have i guess is uh, it's actually a little it's a little segment that i've been doing on this podcast for i think i think 60 of the 66 this is 67 so i think 60 or so of the, of the episodes we have a little uh, segment called sink a ship where uh, we encourage our guests to pretend as though they are a wargaming employee and they do some mission impossible ninja shenanigans and they steal sub octavian's access card and they go down into the vault and they open up the spreadsheet and they delete a ship from existence completely um since 
you have the closest opportunity to actually do that of anybody here. If there was a oh, ship God. that you had to sink, just remove it from the game. Hypothetically. Yes, hypothetically, of course. We know you would not never do that. Not a class, not a line of ships, as some of our greedy guests want to sink all CVs or sink all French battleships or what have you. What would be one ship, Conway, one ship that you would sink, send to the sea? Thunderer. <laughs> do tell. I Look, I, I find it very frustrating from my perspective to play against. I like... When I play battleships, I like to play um, pushy battleships. I like to, you know, like to take my Yamato up to the cap circle. I like to go and, you know, like go and do some secondary brawling. And if there's uh, someone at the back sitting, uh, you know, like double fires to me um, every minute, then that's really like difficult. And um, yeah, I think I think if I if I personally could remove a ship, I would delete Thunder. It sounds like you're saying that 10k in a fire every 24 seconds is not fun and engaging. But look, if I <laughs> I'm just teasing, of course. Yeah, but look, but uh, yeah, that that would be that would be my pick. Okay, fair enough. And my last question for you uh, would be: Are we ever going to get a King of the Sea Pepsi halftime show? And can we please have Justin Bieber perform? Look, if over my dead body, Justin Bieber, um, a Pepsi halftime show. I also, like, if, if you're a watcher of my stream, uh, you'll probably notice I don't drink Pepsi. I drink the other beverage. So I don't think I should drink <laughs> Pepsi. Uh, in, in bourbon? Pepsi. Bourbon? Bourbon? That's the other beverage, right? <laughs> yeah, we're Americans. you got to remember. It's Pepsi or bourbon, yes. brother. Okay, fair enough. But no, no I, 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 I can't, I can't uh, into bourbon. Sure. Well, um, that's all the questions I have for you, my man. Um, we appreciate you uh, getting back to us and coming on and sharing what you have. Um, keep doing what you're doing because you're a lot of fun to watch and we think you do a good job. So thank you again very much for coming on. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. your time and, and the hard work and understand that sometimes you're in a difficult position of trying to answer questions from people who are very upset sometimes not always the most informed you know there's kind of a kind of a rough spot that you're in often and we appreciate that you try to do the best to be positive about it and also be willing to come on shows like this and just have an open conversation so yeah. thank you very much yeah look i i hope i was able to give a little bit of insight but i would really like to remind people that world of warships is, is it's a live game it's evolving right and if something is a bit uh, unfun to you today. It, it it may very well change tomorrow because we, we look at these things and we we want to keep changing and evolving the game. So I'm sure there'll be a lot more things that we'll um, do this year that'll annoy you, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of things that we do that you'll be happy about. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll come out on the on the positive side, and hopefully you'll you'll uh, keep keep enjoying the game as much uh, as we do. And um, yes. Keep an eye out for COTS. Um, if you don't know yet, uh, it's going to happen at the uh, towards the end of April. Um, dates will be announced uh, soon, TM, as usual. And um, yeah, looking That's forward it for to me it today. Thank you, hopefully Conway. I don't. Hopefully, I don't get in too much too much trouble for what I said today. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> I like to. I, I appreciate these kind of discussions as well. And hopefully, I was able to give some insight. Well, and, and we too. You know, it's 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 really helpful when wargaming employees come on and, and chat because. It, it humanizes all of you and in you know in turn it humanizes the game company as, as well and, and and lets you hear from a human being who can say oh yeah no we, we totally get that that's frustrating but we don't want to overcorrect and fishtail the game in a bad way like you know a car on ice or something so just be patient and we'll figure it out and we'll try to make you happier I feel like that always leaves the player base feeling a little better than before so 
Um, so thank you, and Borla, thank you again, as always, for being my co-host. Um, to everybody listening, thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. We'll see you next time on Get to Know World of Warships.